as well intro at that point. <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentle nerds, and welcome to Thinking Outside the Undies. Um, the uh, all superhero show of the Spodcast Network. Spodcast Network? What? Spodcast. Ah, good old Heineken. Always there to promote brain cell growth. Uh, <laughs> well, that's one way to start the show. Um, how's everybody doing? Uh, we This is episode one of Thinking Outside the Undies. Uh, uh, the new show that's part of the uh, uh, Speculating Nerd Podcast Network. That is what I meant to say. And um, I got uh, I got some topics to talk about, um, some uh, questions and some uh, some stuff really. Uh, we're gonna talk about comics, comic book movies, things of that sort. Excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, I, I this is this really does feels like a very first episode of something. Uh, but uh, and yet I've done countless others. Uh, I'm so unprepared. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's just get into it. Uh, yesterday was the Echo trailer, uh, dropped. Holy shit. Okay. First of all, bravo. Uh, It will be uh, premiering January 2024 on Hulu and Disney Plus. And it will be the first TVMA uh, Disney Plus show since the, the Netflix shows came to Disney Plus. But, yo, it's got the fucking... Guns to the head. Kingpin just straight up being Kingpin. Vincent D'Onofrio going back to his Netflix roots and just beating the shit out of fools, you know? Just for the slightest disrespect to anyone he cares about. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's in the white suit. I think the flashbacks are going to take place... Well... I don't know for sure, but I, 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 the Netflix shows are supposed to be canon, right? They didn't, they didn't decanonize that, did they? I should have checked, but, um, is this the retconning of, of, uh, Kingpin's backstory, or is this just something new that they're adding? Because I think this, uh, the flashbacks are going to take place during, the uh, five-year period that, you know, from the, during Endgame, the, the span of where there was not a lot of people around. Um, also, he's alive. Spoiler, uh, if you didn't watch Hawkeye, she shot him in the fucking eye. <laughs> and, uh, 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 yeah, because at the end of Hawkeye, Echo had found out that he killed her father or uncle oh he killed her father 
or had her father killed. And then, so, you know, she had him at gunpoint and the camera pans skyward and you just hear the gunshot because he's pleading to her, like, give me a chance to explain or whatever bullshit that he wants to tell her. And you just hear the gunshot. You don't know if he's dead or alive or whatever. But yet now we got the answer at the end of this trailer. He's alive with a patch on his left eye. His left eye. So this is going to be fucking... And we got a quick shot of Daredevil in the OG suit. That did not look like anything new. That did not look like it's new... uh, 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 from She-Hulk time, this looks like it's taking place, you know, at a certain point in time, and it's the Netflix Daredevil suit, and they snuck that shit in there really fucking good, because I didn't see it until I saw a snapshot of this, of the shit, of the scene, so that's really fucking, really freaking cool, um, normally I would have a a co-host for this, but, uh, couldn't make it, so I'm just uh, I'm just gonna free ball it. Um, couple of things. Let's let's jump over to Thor Five. That is officially in the works, and they're looking for a director, which means Taika Waititi, thankfully, will not come back for the fifth Thor film. Um, while Thor Ragnarok was a revelation. Uh, within the Thor film mythos and was kind of like a breath of fresh air Thor 4 was too damn silly or at least had too much too many different uh, 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 too many different genres in one movie you know, it didn't know if it wanted to be serious. It didn't want. It didn't want to. It didn't know if it wanted to be super funny. It didn't know if it wanted to be romantic. It didn't want a rom com type shit. It just it. He. It's like he didn't know what the fuck he wanted this movie to be. So he just decided to do everything, and it was very in, unbalanced. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. As much as I liked it, you know, I don't love it, and it it it, it suffers a lot. From, from things, uh, from the direction, mostly, and the writing. And they wasted Jane Foster's Thor. Just just absolutely wasted, in, in my opinion. Um, but uh, hopefully Chris Hemsworth is coming back, and, and I think he, he, he was stated that we want to, let's try not to be so... Uh, huh. Um, that's interesting. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I just noticed something on one of my books, and it's it's distracting me so bad. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, Thor four, Love and Thunder was a disappointment. By all accounts, uh, Thor five. Kenneth Branagh needs to come back. They somehow have to bring him back and bring the writers of the first movie 
to try and like recenter what Thor should be, you know, and just like I don't know, it was a damn fucking shame. But luckily, they're gonna try one more time, and hopefully, they'll get it right with Thor five, and then hopefully, we'll move on from Thor. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Marvel Comics is bringing back the Ultimate Universe. Uh, I've spoken about this before, but uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, the most notable thing that I'm hearing coming out of the Ultimate Universe is that Peter Parker and Mary Jane are married with two children, a boy and a girl. Why did... Is there... They keep going back to that well because they fucked it up so many times in the main continuity. First of all, my memory's a little fucked up, but first he wanted to save Aunt May, and so he he sold his marriage or his love to Mary Jane to Mephisto, and that just completely retconned a lot of shit. And then they got back together... And then they did some other shit, broke him up again, and isn't most recently she wound up with another guy and had two kids with some other dude. Then they tried to uh, appease the audience or the readers with uh, the Battle World um, Spider-Man uh, story arc uh, from Secret Wars called uh, Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows. And it was Mary Jane, Peter Parker, and their daughter, uh, May Parker. And she has spider powers, and somehow uh, there's a device or some of some kind that gives Mary Jane the same powers. Uh, at a certain point, at the beginning of the story, uh, Spider-Man killed Venom. Uh, you know, he, he's never killed anyone, but he purposely kills Venom to save his family or some shit. And so that was an overarching story element. Uh, I never got a chance to finish reading that, but that was as far as I know. So they tried again with the Renew Your Vows thing. Then we go back to main continuity and he's dating Mockingbird or uh, he's got his own Stark Tech industry, Parker Industries, uh, they're so they were so on again, off again with Mary Jane and Pete after the what is it, brand new day or one more day type shit, and and it's pissed people off. And now the Ultimate Universe, the new Ultimate Universe, is just giving us a, a look at a successful marriage between Mary Jane and Peter Parker. Just to if it if this ultimate line doesn't work out, they'll just take it the fuck away from us, or they'll try to figure out a way to meld that into main continuity. What are they gonna fucking do with this? Why couldn't they just leave things the way they were? I don't. It it just it just screams desperation of like, hey, give us one more chance at this. And you know, I don't know. The comics are are, are funny at this point right now. 
Uh, I will be planning on getting the uh, Marvel Unlimited app and the DC Universe app again. Uh, hopefully with uh, financials being in the right spot. And I can afford those apps and read more comics and, and keep up to date with certain shit. So, there's that. Um, now, recently... A couple of things came out of the Variety uh, magazine's Marvel article. Uh, is, Mar- is Marvel in trouble? And there's a couple of things they brought up. I don't remember too much of the article. I only read it last night, and it just these are certain things that's being talked about out there. But um... oh shit. Um... And yet, you know, it's... Basically, what the article was saying is that has the quality gone down because Marvel's doing too much? Um, Yes, they were doing too much. I don't think the quality was going down. I just don't think... I just think at a certain point with phase... What is this? Five? Because we're not in phase six yet, are we? I think we're in phase six. Phase five was a bit has been a bit jumbled because I don't think they had a complete idea of where the fuck they wanted to go. At some point, they lost sight of where are, where is our part in the term end game of this. You know, they just they they they. I think. Um, uh, Kevin Feige got little uh, his attention split up between the streaming stuff and the uh, and the film industry and especially at a time the film industry was lacking because there was no you know there was no, no there, it was the pandemic nothing was going on so they had to do things you know, at a slower pace, and I guess he focused on the... I, I, look, I'm not going to speak for anyone, but... I don't want to say the quality's gone down, it's just a lack of focus. At some point, they've lost focus of where... And the attempt to introduce new characters into this universe, they've lost focus on where the fuck they want to take these characters. As far as... Uh, from where I'm sitting, and from what I can deduce from what's going on but uh here's a couple of things that came out of that article uh marvel is considering bringing back uh robert downey jr and scarlett johansson for a future avengers movie it makes listen if this is the multiverse saga of course we're gonna fucking get other we're going they're gonna come back it's just like they're basically bringing comic book storytelling into, you know, live action storytelling. Everyone fucking come. Nobody stays dead. Unless you're Uncle Ben and um, Bruce Wayne's parents, there's always, you're, you're going to come back at some fashion, in some way, shape, or form. Does that mean they're staying? No. They're just coming back for this big event movie, for that big fat fucking paycheck, you know? And some sources are saying, well, not some sources, but one source 
and other people are like running with it says that Robert Downey Jr. is on board to coming back as Iron Man hell if that fucking Brinks truck comes with all that fucking money of course you're gonna say yeah sure I'll do one more movie you know fuck it (laughs) Uh, and this should be fun. If you want to have fun, you want to see your friends again. You, you're gonna, and they also want to bring back Chris Evans. They want to bring back. Uh, well, they got to bring back. Well, they, that's the only one that left uh, was uh, as an old man. But of course, this is all going to be alternate versions of the ones we knew. The ones we knew are dead or completely old, as like a hundred years old. So we're going to get alternate versions of uh, Iron Man. And he's probably, and and this could, if you think about it, it could be a fun thing for them as actors to play these characters, but completely fucking different. You know, so it's not, it's, it's, it's an enticing thing for them. You got, you got the paycheck. You got the chance to come back and do the same character but different and have fun and and do this big spectacle movie and get that fucking paycheck. (laughs) You know, of course they're going to fucking come back and it's going to be in Secret Wars because that's where they're going to have, that's going to be their end game for this uh, run of movies. It would be smart for them to take a break of sorts from the big screen and uh, and do as they were saying they were going to do and focus on uh, TV shows uh, linear stories not just one shot six episode things they're going to do a series of a show you know they're going to take some, some characters some of these characters and give them a show uh, something that can continue on in the TV aspect, which is smart. Uh, but stay. Like, I I think Marvel should take a break from the big movies, you know, and just focus on the small screen. Yeah, you could have your big like uh, Fantastic Four as your X Men movies, and you know, branch out into something different from what you were doing. Um. Also. Uh, talks were uh, from inside Marvel is that uh, because of Jonathan Major's legal troubles, they want to get away from him and go with a new villain in Doctor Doom. Now we're a long ways from Secret Wars and I believe Fantastic Four is supposed to be right around the fucking corner. As soon as the strikes are over, they're going to announce the cast and then they'll get back to work to filming it. The writers are, you know, already off. They're not striking anymore. So they're back to work writing. So we could have a good script somewhere around there. And then uh, once the SAG-AFTRA strike is over, we can announce the cast and everybody will get back to work and things will go back to normal and hopefully things get back on schedule. Now, they've already dedicated so much time and effort and money into Kang being such a, a force to be reckoned with. Here's the thing.
Uh, um, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Hold on. In the comic books, Cagno Conqueror has always been a big threat. But he's always been portrayed as someone that can easily be outsmarted and outmaneuvered and, you know, kind of fooled with. You know, they've never taken Kang the Conqueror super, super seriously in the comic books. As far as I've read, as far as I've seen, there's been attempts to make him like, oh, he's, fuck it, like he's almost Galactus level, but he's not. You know, in all honesty. Kang, he always starts out as the, like, the big threat, but characters like Doctor Doom, Mephisto, uh, hell, even uh, sometimes even Loki or uh, uh, let me think, um, but especially Doctor Doom, <laughs> or uh, there was uh, the Collector at the uh, Orga. What's his name? Um, in certain iterations, he's always like someone outplays him or outsmarts him or outmaneuvers him and then he's stuck like oh you son of a bitch you betrayed me and you know he gets fucked over Dr. Doom is the perfect guy to be that that guy to you know it it would make complete and total sense character wise especially if they do the Dr. Doom character correctly Uh, yeah, if 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 they introduce Doctor Doom correctly and true to character, you I could totally see him being. Oh, this guy is planning on doing this, but you know, Rook to A five and Knight to five three. You know, out thinking and out maneuvering. Kang the Conqueror to be like, oh, this is my shit now, nigga. Oh, brother. <laughs> Sorry. I'm from the ghetto. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, that's gonna come back and bite me in the ass. Like, you said the N word. <laughs> it slipped out. And plus, I've been drinking. Um, and no, it's got nothing to do with Jonathan Maker. Um, anyway. Oh, fuck. Excuse me. So, Doctor Doom is easily the, the, the smart choice. Uh, should they do it? Maybe it depends on how far along they've really thought out this Kang the Conqueror storyline. You know, if he is the end all be all of this saga, which he should be because the next Avengers movie is the Kang Dynasty, 
you know. Hell, didn't they do that in the original Secret Wars? You thought, because um, it was the heroes versus the villains. Kang the Conqueror was supposedly the leader of the the villains. Because I think he was one of the ones that came in contact with the Beyonder. And the Beyonder said, okay, you're the leader of the villains, I think. If I'm not mistaken. And then Doctor Doom just totally, totally, like, took over and shit. And then stole the Beyonder's powers and shit. Yeah, if I remember correctly, uh, the original, original Secret Wars. Yeah, Kang was supposed to be, supposedly the, the, the... The guy in charge, and then Doom just like usurped him and played him for a fool. So it does fall in line with character, but at the same time, they haven't really built Kang as such a huge threat. I mean, Ant Man beat him, and that's not to say anything about Ant Man, but it's Ant Man. He out outwitted him and out, you know did something to him uh we don't know if he's dead dead but and plus that was another variant who they said was the most dangerous one and was supposed to be kang the conqueror who had the outfit and all that stuff even though they all have the same outfit i i gotta watch loki to know what the fuck they're doing with kang the conqueror and shit but i don't know it would make it would make sense if if they did it. It would make sense character wise, and if you know the comics and stuff like that, like yeah, that happens to Kang, and yeah, he fucks up, and somebody ends up you know fucking him over. So Doctor Doom would be that guy, you know. So it it, it makes sense. Should they do it? I don't know. Would they do it? Maybe. Um, is it the right choice? Sure. It's the most logical choice because he is... Doctor Doom does take the powers of the Beyonder and goes on a spree. Twice in both versions of the Secret Wars. <laughs> so, you know... Um, I mean, he even calls himself God Doom in, in the Secret Wars series too. Um... But they, the Variety article basically just goes about like that they're spending too much money. They're having even the Blade movie. Surprisingly, they I don't know how they're having so much trouble with it. But they've gone to they've gone through two directors, six writers. I think the article said, and you know, and and at a certain point they were gonna make him the fourth lead of his own movie, which made no fucking sense. Or which would make no sense. And Mahershala Ali was like, yo, I'll get the fuck out of here. Fuck this. You know, if you can't get your shit together. And, and they're, they're, they begged him to stay. And, you know, and that's why they're going through so much trauma. But it's fucking Blade. How hard can this fucking be? You know? Ooh, if the Secret Wars happens, we're gonna have... They better have both Blades meet at some point. Um, and they're actually bringing the budget down to a hundred million. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And, and you know, a, a, but the budget shouldn't really, 
doesn't determine whether it's going to be a good film or not. It's the script. Um, so hopefully they get that shit together. And I think the first Blade movie was less than $100 million, if I'm not mistaken. And, they, and that did fucking gangbusters. Um, so... Is Marvel in trouble? Kinda. And, and I, I did not want to say this, but superhero fatigue does look like it's a thing. Because you got movies like Five Nights at Freddy's making fucking bank in the box office right now. And that just shows that people want to see something different. Um, and, that's, and that's the thing. Marvel has that ability to give people something different. Especially if they do it right. Um, and which is what they did right in the first two or three uh, arcs of uh the mcu uh what was it winter soldier was a spy thriller ant-man was a heist movie you know um civil war was was a geopolitical thing or whatever the fuck you want to call it um there were um you know each movie had a different flavor and taste to it even though they had the same formula you know, they had their own genres to it, you know. And I think they should go back to that. Trying to do different movies. Like, they did... Uh, even, um... Werewolf by Night. That was a straight-up horror thing. They should do more of that. Try and do a horror movie. Uh, and that's what Blade is supposed to be, if not... Was that... Uh, didn't they say they wanted to make that an R horror film? What happened to that? I don't know. That's neither here nor... Well, that's here and there, but... I don't know. The Variety article is just... You know, it's funny because... Everybody was quoting it. Everybody was tweeting about it and shit. And the next minute... The the Echo trailer came out. Loki episode... What? Five came out. And everybody just went... Marvel, Marvel, Marvel! You know, like... It's like... Are they done or not? No, I don't think they are. They just gotta get themselves back on track. Uh, and yeah, they just got to get themselves back on track and figure out what the fuck they're going to do. Uh, that's okay. We're getting into, uh, our good pal, two cheesecakes gave me some topics to talk about. And here's one of them. Uh, well, there's a few, but here's, here's one that was really funny to me. You move to Gotham, fall on hard times, have to turn to crime as a goon to make ends meet. Which Batman rogue do you join up with? I initially said either Riddler or uh, Black Mask because they were less likely to kill you for no reason. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they, they probably would abuse you, but, you know, uh, you know, Joker goons, Penguin goons, their lives are on the fucking line, you know? They will kill you if you fuck up in any way, shape, or form. So you're probably more uh, better off with Riddler or anything. But I also said that you, I would go, I would be a mafia gopher. I would work for like Maroni or Falcone and be like the gopher guy. I, not a hand, not a henchman or anything like that, because <laughs> let's fucking face it. But 
I would be the guy like, oh, go get me some coffee, go get me some tea, go get me some this, go get me some that. Grab the cannolis, leave the gun. I'd be that guy. Uh, uh, so, so I guess I would either say, uh, oh, and he brought up Rupert Thorne. How the fuck has Rupert Thorne not been translated to either the comics or the live action? He was a, he is a great fucking character with a good fucking storyline. You know, somewhat, because they never really delved too deep into his uh, backstory. But Rupert Thorne was a really good fucking character. I'm surprised he never appeared in anything else beside, outside the Batman the Animated Series uh, and the tie-in comics. But, I yeah, I would probably work for Rupert Thorne as well. Moroni, Falcone, maybe. You know, just, uh, but not a, not a guy that goes out in the field, just... Go get me this. Go get me that. <laughs> That's what I would do. All right. Favorite live action non MCU DCU CP, superhero movie. Non um, MCU DCU and a guilty pleasure would have to be Spawn. Uh, 1997 or 98 uh, Spawn with Michael J. White. I would have to say. I, uh, Rocketeer is appearing in my head, but I don't remember too much of Rocketeer. Uh, yeah, I would have to say Spawn. Uh, live action. Uh, favorite non-Big 2 comics that aren't manga? Hmm. Favorite non-Big 2. Oh! Go back. Favorite live action non-MCU DCU superhero movie? Hellboy. The first one. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, has a very special place in my heart, but Hellboy is my favorite. Spawn is a very close second. Um, favorite non-Big 2 comics that aren't manga? Hmm. That's a good one. Oh, was it Mystery Men? A comic book? Oh, was that... What, that was Dark Horse? Alright, let me think of Dark Horse. Uh, there was... Uh, Solar, Man of the Atom. Uh, Bloodspot. Or whatever the fuck his name was. Uh, there was Turok. Dinosaur Hunter. I'm trying to think what other company there was. Oh, there was Malibu Comics. There was this one uh, image. Let me see. Favorite non-Big 2 comics that aren't manga. I guess you could go with either image. With image, it would have to be, of course, Spawn or uh, Wildcats. Uh, Wildcats was a pretty good book. Uh, I honestly have not read... A a Hellboy comic, uh, to be uh, honest. Let me see. Uh, favorite non-Big 2 comics. 
I didn't read a much Savage Dragon either. Oh. I guess, uh, I guess he would have to say Spawn. I would have to say Spawn. Uh, favorite era of comics. As a 90s kid, I want to say 90s stuff. You know, Clone Saga, Holographic Covers, Death of Superman. Uh, but... Yeah, I'd, I'd say the 90s, because the 90s was very fucking out there and more experimental than it is today. You know, granted, thanks to 90s era comics, you know, comics are what they are they are, what they are today, but, you know, it, it, you got your pluses and you got your negatives when it comes to that shit, but... Uh, one comic that stood above the others, something super cheesy you, could not, you can't help but love. I don't know how to answer that, but I will tell you about my very first comic that I bought with my own money, or at least my mom's money. <laughs> uh, it was my very first comic book purchased at a comic book store. And it was Warlock, issue one, from 1992 or 93. Uh, he's, uh, it's him. Uh, full full body image and the background was uh, hollow foil kind of uh, material color or cover and he looks so cool with his cape and the cane and the black suit and the red boots and the red gloves and he looks so badass and he had the infinity stone that I didn't know what it was at the time but I'm saying it is the infinity stone now on his head and he was you know, he was, he looked really fucking cool on that cover. Funny thing is, the first page is him, unconscious, in, uh, I think, the, the world, in, uh, in the world between worlds, or the, the realm between realms, or some shit, uh, you know, where the, um, well, all those ro- the, there's all these roads that all intertwine. Like it was like the spaces, uh, the spaces in between, you know, time and space. Uh, I think he was trapped, or I think it was he was trapped inside the Mind Stone. One of the two. I think he was trapped inside the Mind Stone. Uh, either or, he was unconscious in the the first. The, the cover says first spectacular issue, Warlock number one. Open it up, and he's fucking unconscious on the first fucking page that was so fucking stupid but I loved that book many years ago it was I was lost to time itself not too long ago uh, it was at one of my jobs I forgot which one well I know which one but I, uh, it was at one of my jobs and there was this guy who said yo I got some comics but I know you're into comics for you um Hey, you want to take a look? Uh, I got them. They were in my uh, basement. They got some water damage, but uh, so like, yeah, I'll take a look. And there, in that stack, was Warlock number one. And I said, "Holy fucking shit! I'll take the whole crate." <laughs> and I took the whole fucking crate of comics. They were, uh, you know, water damaged uh, to the sense that they were wrinkled, that they were hastily dried. They weren't professionally dried or uh, fixed or anything but 
uh, and some, a lot of them didn't have any covers and stuff, but, um, I, I liked it nonetheless. Uh, that's the, that's the thing about, you know, granted you got, you, you, there's, there, there's true collectors out there that, you know, have the pristine covers and stuff like that, but I, I, I love comics so much, whether it has the cover or not, I want it and I want to read it. You know, and I want to hold it and I want to, you know, take it with me. I, I've been, I think I've been like that since I was a kid. I didn't care if it had a cover or not, you know, and a lot of times I, I, I always carried my books around so the covers would come off, you know, the staples, you know, covers weren't very sturdy back then as they are now, uh, especially if you don't take care of them. <laughs> You know, they had the staple. It was this one, two staples, and that was it. That was the book was there. You know, unless you bagged and boarded it and kept it in great condition, that cover was coming off. You know, in some way or form, somehow, some way, that cover was coming off. Especially if you used it a lot, if you read it a lot, if you carried it around, you put it in your bag or whatever the case may be, that cover was coming off. So a lot of my covers came off. And, you know, and I didn't care. I loved the book. I loved to read it. Um, my, my parents would tell me you, that I was into comics at a very young age, but I didn't know how to read. And I think comics is what helped me learn how to read. But I would always tell them exactly what's going on, just judging by the pictures, just by describing the pictures. I never knew what they said. But I would always be like, oh, and he's doing this, and he's doing that, and he's doing that, 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 and you know, and they, and they would tell me like, yeah, you used to. My mom would tell me like, yeah, you used to tell me the story, when even though you didn't read the story, you know, you knew what was going on, you knew what was, you know, I knew what was going, you know. So yeah, I I love comic books. Uh, unfortunately, age has dwindled my mental state <laughs> and so reading has you know you know things happen but um is that the show i think that's the show uh <laughs> um yeah hopefully thinking outside the undies becomes something more than this <laughs> um yeah, okay. Uh, 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 what the fuck? There was something else. Um, there was something else. Fuck. Oh, uh, didn't they just announce Marvel Spotlight? Of some something like that? Um, I gotta hold on. Marvel Spotlight. I gotta check Twitter. Make sure I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, let me see. Marvel Spotlight. Yeah, Marvel Spotlight. Uh, according to Discussing Film, the opening intro for Marvel Spotlight, the MCU's new label. These projects will focus on more grounded, character-driven stories with street-level stakes. Marvel Spotlight is a new MCU label that will focus on bringing more grounded, character-driven stories to the screen with street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. 
Spotlight Projects have, will have a musical fanfare intro composed by Michael Giacchino. Oh, let me see. Let's see. Yes, that's the new um, Marvel Spotlight thing. Hmm. The little intro that. So does that? Um, are these going to be Disney Plus things, or are these going to be theatrical things? That's what I want to know. Marvel Spotlight. It would make sense if it's a Disney Plus thing. Huh. Well, they're clearly trying to branch out into other story, other things, uh, or other venues, or other uh, roads to tell other stories within the MCU. Makes sense. Um... Again, it strikes me as a Disney Plus thing. I don't know how it's going to work in the theaters. Depending on, on what character they're going to use for one of those spotlights things. But then you got... Also, then you got the spe- special presentations. Uh, Marvel's uh, special presentation. Now you got Marvel Spotlight. That's... Uh, yeah, well... I guess that's what they're going to fucking do now. Um... Let me know what you thought of this episode. <laughs> uh, thinking outside the undies. Just strictly comic book and comic book movie centric stuff. Uh, it's not uh, the same as the Speculating Nerd Show. Which talks about a lot of different things. Um, oh, tomorrow. Uh, or if today, if you will depending on what time you're listening to this. Uh, Sunday will be episode five of Rat Chats with Synthetica Lynn. And we're going to be discussing conspiracy theories. And we're going to play some games. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. Um, That should be dropping sometime in the evening of Sunday. This episode is going to drop... Um, early afternoon. So, yeah. If you're listening to this, it should be early afternoon. Uh, this I was supposed to do this show yesterday, but time constraints were just a little too much. Um, Ringside Matters Episode 4. Will I do that now? Huh. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the show. And uh, until next time, folks, stay classy, America.